0: No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Hello, I hope you are having a really happy Jude. I realized that my last episode, my first June episode, I did not wish you all a happy Pride month. And I want to correct that. I love that in June we get to celebrate Pride. I have loved as an adult learning more about the LGBTQ community and realizing how many people I care about who identify as part of that community. And I just feel really grateful for Pride. And I feel really grateful for the people whose lives make our world so beautiful and so colorful. I'm glad there are so many different ways that people can express love and experience love. And at this time where trans rights are under so much attack, it really just feels so important to acknowledge that just because someone's experience is different than yours does not make it a threat. And when it comes to members of our community like trans youth who are so vulnerable, it's so important that we pause and that we learn from the people who are experiencing these things rather than actively. In fear and trying to erase these people from our communities because our communities are better because of them and people should get to be who they are and that's something that we can respect and that we can learn from and that can make us better and stronger together. I'm also really glad that this week we got to recognize Juneteenth. Juneteenth is a holiday that I did not learn about until just a few years ago. I'm grateful that we have a national holiday where we can take a moment to reflect on what emancipation means. Our country is better for everyone because slavery was ended And the process of racial justice is ongoing, and I feel really lucky that there are people that I can learn from, people whose experiences are different than mine, and it's something that I want to be a part of, making things better for all of us. I listened to a few really great podcasts on Juneteenth, and I'll link those in the show notes for you to enjoy. One was just a 20-minute oversuit One was just a 20-minute overview from Pantsuit Politics about what the holiday means and what you should know about it. And I just thought it was a very helpful introduction. And then another one was a longer listen from Jasmine Bradshaw of the First Name Basis podcast. And she has done a lot of wonderful work. And one of the things she'll often do is an untold story and she'll go back into history and she'll kind of like bust a myth or explain something that you may not have known about. And in this podcast, she shared a story that she had told earlier in her content creation journey and in her anti racism journey. And then she corrected that story. She did more research and she corrected it. So it was so cool because I learned about very important Black woman who played a pivotal role in the Union's victory in the Civil War. I also learned about some incorrect ways that this woman's story has been told. I learned more about what her story was actually like, and I also got to just learn from Jasmine about the importance of emancipation and what Juneteenth means to her. So like I said, I'll link both of those in the show notes. Today, I have an interview with my friend Chloe. I am so excited for you to hear it. Chloe is someone who I really admire and someone who I feel lucky that I get to spend time with. And so I loved learning about what her experience with ambition and imagining her career was like. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Chloe. Thank you so much for joining me, Chloe. I'm really excited to have you here. To start out, will you introduce yourself for me?
1: Yes. And thanks for having me. My name is Chloe Roebler, and I work at a nonprofit. It's called Running Start. We train young women to run for office. So we focus on age like 13 to 25, trying to fill the confidence gap because a lot of research shows that this is around the age when young women start losing interest in leadership positions and especially like running for office in politics. So we do a lot of different trainings to try to just keep that pipeline open and have more women running for office.
0: That's really cool. So today we're like chatting about ambition and your like experience, a relationship with ambition and aspiration throughout your life. Will you tell me about like when you were younger and you were starting to like think about your future, dream about your future?
1: What were some of the things that like you were imagining doing or wanting to do? As a kid, my like, job or my dream job changed a lot because I was trying to fit a model of like, eventually, I obviously like want to have kids and be a mom. So I have to find like a job that fits with that. So there was a long time that I wanted to be a journalist. I think that there was a time where I wanted to be a teacher. Then I really got into the medical field for some reason. And so I was doing nursing for a bit. And then college is when I really got more into politics, mostly because I hated all of the nursing prerequisites. And I just realized like how much my family had talked about politics like growing up. That was like our kitchen table like conversations. And so I just realized that was what I was passionate about and went for it. Tell me
0: a little bit more about that realization. Like when you were having that, did you start taking classes? Were you involved yes. in community things? What was trying that out and connecting that that was what you wanted to do like for you?
1: That's a good question. I feel like I had been taking like a lot of my generals for like history or things like that where politics, because I knew I was interested in it, but I didn't think that it was like something that I could pursue. So luckily just worked out that way that I'd already been exploring then. Not an unserious way, but as more of a hobby, I guess. And then I was just really involved in, I wouldn't say community things, but like feminism in general. Like I volunteered for something in college where we would go to like middle schools in the Provo area. And it's similar to what I'm doing at Running Start now, but we would just talk to girls about like being confident and like being able to do what you wanted type thing. And so, again, I just started to like lean into like those sorts of hobbies and things like that. I also like remembered times in Young Women's where I was like in like the Beehive presidency. I don't even think they have those things anymore, but like the leadership for Young Women's. I was in that a lot and I just remember like caring a lot about like authentic kind of leadership like that where you like actually got to know the people instead of just like showing up at their doorstep type thing. That's why I weirdly feel like the church like fueled my ambition in that way because they were giving me those leadership opportunities but even like reflecting on how I talk about it now it was a lot of like leadership in groups where I fit like I was never like having leadership over men. I don't know if any of that made sense.
0: I actually think that makes a lot of sense because when I listen to people talk about how their relationship with their faith has changed, specifically with LDS Church, and when I think about how my relationship has changed, in some ways it's like you encouraged me to be a type of person that you didn't have a place for later on. And so it makes a lot of sense that you're what you're saying with Beehive Leadership, like it fueled in you something that there is Relief Society presidencies where there are things like that. There are just so many limited roles later on that if that thing starts tapping into you and in something like, sometimes it's like, wait a minute, like I want more than this. or I want something different than this. I'm really smart. I'm really ambitious. Like You're not utilizing me to my full potential. So I think that actually makes a lot of sense.
1: Yes, that's exactly what I meant.
0: Thank you. Okay, so I love, like, college was such a huge turning point for me, where I, like, kind of went from thinking about, and maybe this isn't what you're saying, but what I'm hearing from what you're saying is, like, you're thinking about, I'm going to be, like, a parent, and, like, I'll be someone's primary caregiver, so, like, my... Career should fit around that. And then in college was when I made the turning point of wait a minute, like if I'm going to spend a lot of my life working, like it should be something that I love and something that I'm like bringing that passion for. So tell me maybe when you like started having that turn and kind of maybe the ways it started changing how you were thinking about your career.
1: Yes. I love that question because I feel like even like my decision to go to BYU was like so agonizing because. I just feel like I always felt like the pressure of the two worlds where I like felt so much pressure to like being a wife and a mother was like my one goal essentially, but I also didn't want to be that person. And so like, I felt like I was planning for both of them at the same time somehow. I wouldn't openly tell people that like, oh yeah, I'm like trying to get married in my first year of college. But like, if that had happened, like that would have been plan A essentially. So anyways, I do feel like in college, especially like my first year when that didn't pan out and Again, I was leaning more into, like, the ambitiousness of it all, which felt like I almost had to also reject any sort of dating, if that makes sense. Like, I know you're a big fan of Little Woman, but I just always think about that line from Jo in the Greta Gerwig one where she's, like, talking about how, like, now I can't even remember. But she's, like, talking about how she, like, doesn't want love, but she's so lonely or whatever. Where she talks about, like, women have minds and hearts and she's yeah. so tired of Thing, that love is
0: all women's cut out for but she is so lonely like that I think is the pull is a pull that a lot of women feel I feel like a lot of ambitious women who are trying to navigate the roles that have been set up for them I think feel that very strongly
1: yes yeah so anyways I was just like feeling a lot of those like mixed emotions essentially and then again I was just like rejecting dating as a whole at that point and then I just loved the opportunity I had in college to just explore so many different hobbies, especially shout out to the DYU political science department. Like they just had so many opportunities that like I just had never considered. I think I spent like more than half my time in college actually away from the campus because I did a study abroad where we did research with two professors, which was really cool. And then I also did an internship in DC for a bit. I don't know. I just like, that's a time where I decided to start making actual decisions because I wanted to enjoy like my current life instead of planning for some like hypothetical future that like, I wasn't even really working towards, to be honest.
0: How did it feel when you were giving yourself the freedom to do that?
1: (sighs) I feel like, again, because I always felt like I was pursuing like two paths. Like it was painful at first because It felt like I wasn't doing what I had been raised to do, I guess. But at the same time, again, my family, they were the ones that had been like we talked about politics just a lot. And they were like really encouraging in that aspect. And so it weirdly felt like I was embracing, again, we were talking about before how I do feel like there's parts of the church where it's like it's moving you towards this like ambition and even just like caring for others, like leaning into that aspect of politics like it felt like I was pursuing what I was meant to, but it still did feel painful at parts because again, they're pushing you towards something that doesn't exist. I think
0: that's really like just helpful to acknowledge that doing the things that you want to do or doing things that like feel you feel a pull for just because it, just because it speaks to a part of you doesn't mean there's not like a painful part where you're kind of navigating like a change like change is painful especially when you're letting go of something you really thought you were supposed to do even if it's exciting there's some pain there too
1: yes i love that i love the both and both things can be true at the same time yeah
0: so then You've been graduated for a few years now. Tell me a little bit about starting to like navigate, looking for a job, especially, and I feel like this when you're saying like your dream job changed a lot. I don't even know if I had a dream job when I was a kid. And not saying that you apply for your dream job out of college, but man, I just kept feeling like, gosh, am I making the right career choices? Do I even know what I want big picture? Like sometimes I feel like I was maybe behind on planning or imagining. And I feel like maybe you might relate to that a little bit with the shifts that you were seeing. And I'm curious how you were kind of thinking about your first steps of your job as you were leaving college and
1: entering like the path of your career? Oh my gosh, that's just all that gives me so much peace to hear you say that, honestly, because sometimes I still feel like I'm like figuring it out or I'm behind. Like as someone that's always been ambitious, but like didn't really have a plan because I wasn't sure that's like what I was supposed to be doing. So I don't know, after college, I do feel like I like struggled for a second. Like I even like moved back in with my family for a bit, which felt like just weird because again my parents got married when they were like 19 years old and so I was navigating something that like they had not had to navigate but it also felt freeing I would say because I was like making decisions for the first time ever that were like oh there's no like playbook that I should be looking at no one's telling me what to do so I'm just doing it on my own for the first time. And I also just was really lucky, to be honest, because I interned in D.C. my last semester of college, and it was with the nonprofit that I work at now. And they didn't have a job opening right away. So I went home, but they connected me to a different nonprofit in Utah, which I worked for a while. And then when they did have a job opening, reached out to me. And so weirdly, it feels it's like a mix of things. It was luck. It was me just making decisions for the first time. And like, I still feel like I'm figuring it out and trying to embrace new ideas and say yes to things that I haven't before. Which I think is part of just leaning into that ambition is realizing that there's no one right way to do it or you're never going to know for sure. Like this is the next step I'm taking type thing.
0: When you start getting to a point where you're realizing that there are not a lot of right answers. There's really just like a lot of choices and there's different paths and there'll be different challenges. That's a hard point to get to, but it's also exciting. There's maybe a little bit less of you thinking that everything in your life hinges on you doing it right and realizing how many other forces and people and institutions and powers are at play. Yes, exactly. So, you mentioned just like trying things that you haven't tried before that you haven't thought of. Do you have some like things you'd want to share that you've tried lately or that maybe felt like important moments when you were trying or navigating
1: them? Yes, that's a great question. Thank you for asking it. I feel like weirdly, COVID played a big part in that too, just because I moved to DC again for to work for that nonprofit again, like right before COVID started. And again, moving outside of Utah was like, A big thing for me, too, because I was it just felt like I was going against what I had been told for a long time. But then COVID hit and I was like, oh, was this like the wrong decision the whole time? But then that just led to a lot of different like experimenting because I moved to D.C., but we were working from home. So I stayed there for a bit. But then I ended up going on like a solo road trip for three months where I just stopped in different states and hung out, which I feel like I never would have done without COVID. And then I moved back to Utah just because I wanted to get more involved in local politics and community things. And I kind of felt like I, I don't know, I like owed a part of myself almost like moving back to Utah and trying to make change here and like working for those ambitious little girls that were caught in the middle like I was, which I also feel like if COVID hadn't happened, like sometimes I think I still would be in DC at this time. So again, it's Like you said, kind of leaning into those, you make a decision one time sometimes and you think, this is it, I'm going to be in D.C. forever. But things happen and being open to that change, I think, is really important and has helped me like embrace things that I never thought before. Oh, I was also able to manage a state house campaign in Utah this past election, which I just think never would have happened in D.C. because I didn't have a lot of local connections. So, yeah, just Leaning into, like, unplanned things has always been my thing, I guess. I think when it comes
0: to the types of things you're involved in, like, the local connections and local politics and things like that, like... Utah is a really great place to have those opportunities because it's smaller like the geography of the state is such that I think there's a lot of ways that you can connect and also like it's a part-time legislature still there's just a lot of like opportunities that I think are a lot closer to people earlier in their careers and I think that's exciting
1: and just really awesome the things you can try earlier in your career that would maybe be harder somewhere else I'm so happy to hear you say that because it's true that like no matter where you are, our politics is decided by people who show up. But that's especially true in Utah just because of, like you said, our part time legislature and things like that. If you just get a little involved here, like you become a decision maker at a way higher level than you ever would be if you like just vote in a general election.
0: Just hearing about your road trip and hearing about you moving back to Utah and some of the things that you've been. and I mean, you are in a situation where your work Is also a lot of the things that you would choose to do outside your work. But just hearing about some of the like community things like you volunteered or participated in or been a part of, what are some ways that you feed your ambition or that you feel your ambition drawing you like outside of work and just outside of your career path?
1: I love that question because it also makes me think of something weird, which is recently I've been really leaning into, I'm like a big introvert by nature. But part of my move back to Utah, I was like, I'm gonna try to get involved in things that I haven't before and just I don't know, try to build like a big bigger friend group almost. And so, like the way that I've been leaning into ambition recently honestly is just like stretching myself more than like I usually do. So like going to a new friends party where I know no one or something like that. Or I recently started volunteering at the queer bookstore downtown which was terrifying at first because again I like didn't know anyone <laughs> which is so weird to say but yeah I don't know it's just been like leaning into growth and stretching myself I
0: really love that I think ambition is so important like it's something that is like such a big part of me. And like, I love being ambitious. And also like, I recognize like the times in my life when I've been burned out, when I've been overextended and also listening to other people talk about like redefining your relationship with work. I think part of that is really redefining your relationship with ambition and finding like things that get you excited and that like you're passionate about beyond work. And even like there are things like being ambitious about, ambitious about rest or ambitious about your quality of life or ambitious about your social life, like those are very valuable ways to put that energy to use.
1: Yes. Ugh, I love to hear you say that because I, I've been working at this nonprofit for so long, like since I graduated, but sometimes I do feel like, do I have like other ambitions besides this? And like, the truth is yes and no. Again, like I love the work that I'm doing. I would love to do other work. And so, yeah, just embracing those different things, like you said, I think are really important.
0: When you think about your career and the future of your career, are you thinking about it with specific goals you want to achieve or are you taking the steps as
1: they come? What is that looking like for you? Good question. The thing about politics is if there's a job that has zero playbook, I feel like that's it. (laughs) Especially in Utah, again, because our politics is just so defined by like who shows up and having a part-time legislature. Like, really, anybody could run for the state legislature here. You don't have to have history in politics or anything like that. So, I feel like I definitely don't have a determined like this is what I have to do next. But I do feel like sometimes that can be a con too, just because I'm stuck in a oh I don't know what to do phase. So I feel like I am just like leaning into the unknowns are things that pop up. And again, like I think getting involved in your community can really help with that. Just seeing what are the issues that are important to your neighborhood or like communities you care about. That's partly why I started volunteering at the queer bookstore too. I have been thinking a little bit about grad school as well, but I also don't want to pay for it. So I don't know. There's research still to be done for me. I really like that and this is something
0: that, like I want to talk about like so much is I think it is so valuable to have goals and like I hear people talk about 5 year plans or 10 year plans and I mm-hmm. understand why that works for some people. It doesn't work for everyone's brains. And Mm -hmm. I just think as someone who like shared this, who we like share this background of, there were certain things I really thought I was supposed to do growing up. And because of those thoughts, I really limited myself and career ambitions. It's hard to have five and 10 year plans or like steps for goals that I wasn't allowing myself to imagine at those points of 10 years ago, I wasn't allowing myself to imagine being the person I am now. And so yep. I just really want to normalize, not just for people like you and me, because I think this is helpful for a lot of people. I really want to normalize like taking your career as they come and like uh-huh. crossing the bridges that make sense, like kind of figuring out the grad school bridge, that's a bridge that makes sense right now. But maybe yeah. like where you're going to be in 10 years in your career, like maybe that's a little bit more than like you can handle imagining right now. So like yep. maybe don't speed up to being stressed about that. Maybe take a step back and look at the crossroads your app.
1: I love that and again especially when you don't have not to say like there's plenty of ambitious women in Utah that you can look up to but again with me it's like my family my parents specifically just had a completely different life panned out very differently for them than it will for me which is okay but it's just I don't have someone to look to for a next step and that's okay I um really felt that when I was going through grad school like my like mm-hmm. just
0: realizing this was a huge thing i was doing that my dad hadn't done before and mm-hmm. my dad's smart and he helped me with things and stuff like that but like just realizing that like and like colleges changed so much like you have to turn to other sources but i'm like wow like i'm doing something neither of my parents did yeah like mm-hmm. i really have to like look beyond the people that i often look to first to help me figure out something it's exciting but it's hard it's really mm-hmm. hard sometimes Do you have social media that people can follow you on? Or if I guess you could also share some of your favorite recommendations that people wanted to get more involved in their communities.
1: Ooh, I love this. I wish I had prepared more for it. My social media, I think, is just my first and last name everywhere. So Chloe Ropler. it's not like I do try to share politics on there every so often, but it's also mostly just like Taylor Swift and cats. to be honest. It's really
0: good Taylor Swift content, so I definitely (laughs) recommend.
1: Thank you. There are a bunch of politicians in Utah that I love. Suzanne Harrison's doing great work. The campaign that I managed was for Katie Olson, and I think she has some plans for the future that would be great to watch. The queer bookstore that I volunteer for is called Under the Umbrella. It's downtown, and we have like monthly book clubs. You can volunteer if that's something you're interested in. What else? I feel like I'm like forgetting all the big politics stuff right now. You should tell people where you work
0: because it's a good account too oh, yes, if people sure. want to see the resources.
1: Yes, thank you. Again, I work at Running Start, which we are just at Running Start on all social media. We even have a pretty cool TikTok that my colleague runs. She tries to stay on trend. And we do have like a summer high school program for high school students. You can actually visit DC. And we also do trainings on like college campuses or even If you have a community like that meets monthly, we'd love to do a training with you at that too. So thank you so much for your time. It was really fun to chat with you. Yeah, thank you for asking me. I truly was like, I've been a fan of this podcast for centuries, it feels like. So shed a tear a bit when you asked me. So thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining me, Chloe, and thank you so much to you for listening. I am so glad you are here. I will be back in about a week and a half with another new episode for you. It will come out on a Monday. I'm going to make it happen. And in the meantime, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I would love to have some new reviews that I could read and share with you. It's really fun to hear what people are thinking about the podcast. You can find this podcast on Instagram at Plan. You could find me on Twitter at MadelineK or email me at MadelineK at gmail.com. I would love to hear if you have feedback or if you have ideas, guests that you would like to hear from, topics you want to hear me talk about. I hope you have a very happy rest of your June, that you're having a great summer. And in the meantime, remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.